Hey everybody, my name is Anita Kirkbride of Torp Communications and this is Halablab, the show for small businesses in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Join me as I talk to businesses you may be following and some you might not have heard of yet. Hear stories from local business owners like you, how they started, where they're going, and of course, since I'm a social media consultant, how they're using social media. Take a moment to subscribe right now so you don't miss an episode, whether you're listening on Facebook, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. Hey, Halifax, welcome back to another episode of Halablab. Did we all survive Facebook apocalypse this week? Um, (laughs) I think things are recovering and uh, the program I use to record here is having a few glitches, but I think we're good to go for today. So, so glad to have you here with us this afternoon watching live and hi to my aunt Audrey if she is watching because she was the one that was so excited to hear about uh, your vintage stuff. My guest today is Bridget Millway of What These Old Things, what a great company name, and I'm going to introduce her right now. Bridget is a freelance senior social media content, that's a mouthful, (laughs) social media content strategist, but she also runs an online vintage shop called What These Old Things. She has been working with brands to grow their online marketing presence through social media since 2010. In 2014, she was invited by Facebook to speak as a panelist at the Boost Your Business Seminar in Halifax. She's worked on projects big and small and has a few long-term clients such as Spirit Spa in Halifax, where she used to work as an operations manager. Her experience in social media management has helped her in marketing her own side business, What These Old Things, which has continued to grow into an e-commerce shop with a brick and mortar presence in Dartmouth. Bridget also... Never mind. We'll, we'll skip that part. That wasn't part of your bio. It's just some extra notes for me. <laughs> Welcome to Bridget. Thanks Thank so much you. for joining me today. I'm so excited oh, to share. This. I'm so excited to share this business because I think it's uh, it's really different. And uh, as I was sharing with you just before we got started, vintage things are are not my thing. Although I certainly appreciate vintage things. So I love that I have a house full of. Um, antiques and vintage items from my family and those things are very very important to me but your business isn't built just around vintage things from your family is it no it definitely isn't so <laughs> my tell, vintage stuff from everybody's it. family so yeah so I um I got into I've always been like a big you know big into like going to garage sales and collecting like you know fun things when I was younger and it wasn't until I was on uh, mat leave with my daughter, Mitch, who's five now, um, that I, you know, really started spending a lot of time on it that, that year. And it just sort of quickly turned into um, a side business hobby that then really morphed into a real, <laughs> a real thing mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Um, yeah, so I just love my my big thing is basically I love finding really like I have a really super eclectic taste. Um, if you've checked out my mm-hmm. website and see my Facebook, I I collect the most random stuff. Um, and my goal is to just find someone new who's going to be like the new owner of mm-hmm. it and, and become uh, as in love with it as the original owner was before it got tucked away in the closet or forgotten about. So I kind of try and, and give new life to vintage pieces 
Do you remember what the first thing was that you found that really made you think, oh, I've got to start collecting these vintage things? I don't, I can't think of anything in specific, uh, no. anything specifically, honestly, it, it <laughs> especially like when I picture in my mind, my basement right now, that is just like wall to wall stuff, like to narrow it down to like the first thing. Um, I really can't. It's just, I've always had stuff around and now I get to like channel it out of the house and then channel new stuff in and <laughs> things are always moving around. But yeah, I can't think of anything specific. What about some favorite things? Have there been some specific favorites? Oh, I've had so many uh, really favorite pieces over the years. And and the things that are my favorites are not necessarily things that I know anything about. I just have this like connection to. So um, a few weeks ago, I, I did a giveaway and uh, my photo was a picture of me holding this boom box over my head, which weighed like 400 pounds. Um, <laughs> And that boom box was like one of my favorite things. They're super highly collectible. They, if you look online, you can't find them for under like $300. I got this one. I paid a decent chunk of change for it in PEI one summer. And I just held on to it for like a couple of years. I didn't even try to use it. I just like wanted to look at it. So there are certain pieces like that, that um, just give me this like feeling. And I know give other people like a really cool feeling that that just um, draw me in. So I don't know if that's a good answer or not, but yeah, just I'm I connect to things that I that have like a certain like nostalgia um, pull, and I think that's what works with everyone else too. Mm -hmm. Well, I think one of the coolest things you have is actually sitting right behind your head. It's that <laughs> up on the shelf. Yeah. yeah, that's so cool. I've never seen a phone that shape, and I I think. Probably most of the people who are going to catch this, for, I suppose, for the people on the podcast, they're not going to know what I'm talking about, but there's this uh, really cool round, almost like a basket-shaped phone sitting on it's the It's called shelf. a donut phone, yeah. Okay. But like the style is called a donut phone, which I just learned as well. <laughs> donut phone, and it's yeah. got a rotary dial on it. <laughs> it is so cool. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's pretty cool, things like that. but. Um, what are, are there other really interesting, unique things that you've, you found? Did you ever have an antiques roadshow moment? <laughs> oh, I haven't had one of those yet, but I am. Um, I just got picked uh, this week as one of 70 local companies to do this um, program put on by eBay Canada called Retail awesome. Revival, mm -hmm. which is really exciting. So there are certain things that I'm like not sure of, and I'll try and do my research and, and they'll kind of hit me as like, I feel like this could be something because partly because I can't find anything about it. So I've got a little pile stashed away to maybe um, start out my eBay journey with. Um, but I have, I definitely haven't found that one piece that I have like hit the jackpot with yet. Um, it's very possible I've sold, you know, those pieces to people all over Halifax and I just mm -hmm. didn't know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always fun when you're doing that research and you bring something home and you think this is special. And then you you know, you see what things are worth. It's, it's mm -hmm. a really fun part of the process. So you haven't had any um, long lost Maude Lewis's? 
<laughs> no, not yet. But um, I feel like I've been, you know, I've been at this like pretty hard full time for five years. So I think my time's coming. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> so, okay. So you mentioned yard sales. Is that your main thing that you do? You go around yard sales every weekend or? Not at all. Um, that's how I started out. Um, but uh, as you know, being self-employed, you kind of put way more time in than um, than a, a mm -hmm. nine to five gig. So I quickly had I in the first couple of years I had to determine what how how I can work most efficiently in yard sales. Sometimes you could spend a whole day, you know, driving around the city, like following those ads, and you might pick up two things, and that's mm -hmm. kind of a whole day. Don't get me wrong, the thrill of the chase is so much fun and I love I love yard sales I will never stop um but that's not where I get most of my stuff I would say nowadays I get mostly calls from people who are downsizing mm -hmm. um so it's a lot of private um estates and um like I've had three this week that I've wow. gone and picked from so um it also also buying that way allows me to find stuff that other people in the city aren't seeing like on um, Facebook marketplace or on Kijiji. Like I'm, I'm able to kind of find new stuff that way, which is great. And I love also love going out to great village. Um, have you been out there? No, it is like, it's the great village antiques exchange. It's like the biggest um, building with like, I think they have maybe like 80 or more sellers um and it is like just a, <laughs> like it's like hunting for treasure it's so much fun so I love going there a couple times a year I do the big um I do the 70 mile yard sale in PEI every year I do all those like long drive yard sales because you can hit like <laughs> you can pick up yeah. so those yeah. are my favorites I always like fill the truck fill the trunk and under the kids feet and you know between the seats and stuff Hmm. Uh, how'd you convince your husband you should do this? <laughs> I don't know. I really don't. He considers himself a minimalist, which is so funny because I <laughs> consider myself a maximalist. Mm -hmm. Um he he really like goes nuts whenever like I come home and just like push everything in the front door and then move it into the house. Um because he just wants everything to be in its place and I need everything, you know, just to be accessible for when I have good lighting for photos and um he's very understanding he he loves finding good pieces though like so when we usually will do like the say the PEI 70 mile sale we'll do that as a family and he will split up and he loves he's got a great eye and he will find great pieces he just like you know does it when he he just you know <laughs> he's very very supportive and I'm very lucky for that because yeah. it's definitely not his thing <laughs> it's it's not for everybody and no. I know I, I don't know if everybody who's uh, gonna catch this knows but my father had a similar style business to you uh, before he passed away except he didn't he didn't do it the pretty way on a website and you know he didn't resell things that way but he would have big yard sales every year so he would go out to all those yard sales and find all the deals and um our my mother's house is still stuffed full of oh gosh dishes and chairs and needle points and silverware and jewelry and oh, oh that can be so overwhelming 
Yeah. So when people call you about estate sales, are they, do they call you and say, like, what, what are they, what do they call you and say? <laughs> um, usually they'll just say, you know what, I'm downsizing or I'm in the middle of this or, you know, somebody passed away and I'm helping them clear things out. And um, so I'll come over and I'll say, I don't know if I'm going to buy anything from you. I've got a really eclectic taste. <laughs> um, and if I, you know, right now I have like 70 cameras in my house. I don't have any of them listed yet for some reason, but I have so many. So that's, there are certain things that I like, I'm attracted to and I keep buying, but I set limits for myself, but I'll go into their house and I'll have a look and I'll say, this is great. This is super hot right now. This is awesome. And then I'll say, this is what I, you know, this is what I would recommend. I'd like, you know, to make you an offer on these pieces. Um, if you want, I can give you advice as to how to deal with the rest. And then I'll, you know, I can refer them to uh, the best places to sell online. If that's the case, oftentimes mm. the people I'm buying from are a little older and they're not necessarily online and don't want to deal with right. people coming to their house. So um, in that case, I would refer them to people who deal with estates um, like Mike from Re the refound shop where I sell in Dartmouth. Mm -hmm. And um, there are a few other people that I've dealt with in the past. So I always try and come with a list of people that can help them because I know what I'm walking into. I know um, it can be really challenging. Mm -hmm. And also people are so sentimental with their things. Yeah. Um, last week, you know, uh, one of the ladies I met with uh, said, you know, this is really hard. And I said, I totally, I know it's really hard. I've, you know, I've helped family members um, downsize. And it's really like when you have a sentimental attachment to your things and your kids don't want them, it's, you don't want to just push them out the door. But I always reassure them and say, like, my whole thing is that I am going to find a new owner for this item that is going to appreciate it yeah. so much. And it's not going to be sitting in the back of a closet. It's not going to be at the bottom of, you know, the donate pile. Uh, I'm going to find it a really awesome new home. And I think that helps a little bit, like with, mm -hmm. you know, with that process, because I know it can be really hard. Yeah, I know I've made a change. Like, I, I am trending towards being more minimalist my my house certainly isn't minimalist right now um oh shoot Bridget just froze I don't know if you can still hear me Bridget yeah I can hear you yeah okay your picture froze for a second there I wasn't sure if you were still here so I'm trending towards being more minimal minimalist but I do have a, a lot of vintage stuff from family that I really appreciate but one of the things I decided to do a while ago was if I'm going to have this stuff, I'm going to use it. It's not mm -hmm. a China cabinet is full of stuff, but we actually use it some. So I have, I, <laughs> I have antique Wedgwood dishes. Somebody's maybe you is you're going to slap me for this one. I don't know, but they go in the dishwasher, just like any other dishes. <laughs> dishes if they didn't go in the dishwasher. I think yeah, that's exactly. awesome. Uh, but we use them on a daily basis. I have cornflower glasses from my grandmother that I've started taking out and using as as we make room and old uh, newer things break. So I like I just think it's important. Why are we why do we hoard all this stuff and not use it? Yeah, it's you're totally right. And I it's it takes me a while to like feel that way, too. But I realize that people now only want things that they can use and it doesn't have mm -hmm. to be used in its original 
uh, for its original intention too. But dishes like that, like they weren't made to, maybe they were made to sit in cabinets and <laughs> Well, but, let me tell you, the you antique know, Wedgwood was not made to go in the microwave. No, oh, de I definitely wouldn't put that in the microwave. Well, um, my daughter did one day. She forgot. We learned oh, why it's not yes. meant to in the microwave. Oh, dear. Um, but yeah, like use your dishes, use your glassware. I actually have started using old um, stationery and cards um, because mm -hmm. I, I always buy it when I see it because it's so pretty, but then it like sits in a box. So in the last few weeks, I've used a few pieces. And then the other day, I rounded it all up and I thought I'm going to sell some of these um in the shop because i bet you other people it would be easier to use somebody else's vintage cards than maybe the ones in your drawer but you got to use this stuff like it can be hard but it was you know not everything but <laughs> it was made to be used yeah what um are there like what's hot in the trend right now what are people looking for right now when they come to you Oh, it really varies. I mean, some trends have been sticking around for a few years, like brass is mm. like, I can't get enough brass, I can't sell enough brass. Um, but it has to have a little bit of function. Um, mm -hmm. I like brass planter pots are always really popular. Um, candlesticks, any like really anything brass, so brass bowls, brass, you know, <laughs> um, even brass decor, like, um, seagulls or swans like hmm. uh that's that's a really hot trend because it kind of ties into the boho trend that's really big on instagram mm -hmm. um really anything useful um there's a big wicker trend right now too that mm -hmm. i've bought and sold a lot but it, it's not really my thing there are a few people in halifax who do it really well like um there's a holy roller vintage who's a new seller. Her name's also Bridget and she also <laughs> works in marketing. <laughs> um, but she like kind of focuses on, uh, on like the boho wicker trend. And um, I don't know, I don't, I definitely try and highlight things that I have that are trendy, like pink is hot, that phone would be hot no matter what. Um, but I really just stick you know stick with what i think what what i'm just drawn to for some reason and then i try and make it cool myself somehow <laughs> are there things that you find people are holding on to that they really should just dump <laughs> um that aren't worth trying well, aren't worth the hassle of trying to uh, I know that's a tough one because of sentimentality, but no, it's a tough one because I don't want to say dump anything because I know there's a home for everything somewhere. I just mm -hmm. haven't figured it out for certain <laughs> categories. Like, um, like teacups is a really hard one for me. They're not my jam. Um, there's still a really big market for certain brands online. Like on eBay, you can make like hundreds of dollars with certain brands, but that's outside my knowledge base and. So I just stay away from them. Um, but oftentimes I'll have people with like huge collections and I just don't really know what to tell them. Um, so if you do collect teacups or you know somebody who does, please message me so I can, um, so I can you know, pass that info along. Um, I don't know, There's, I'd say teacups is like the only one in, in my head. I can't really 
figure I haven't been able to figure out yet because mm. we've as a culture we've moved away from teacups to mugs I think mm-hmm. yeah interesting. yeah there's there's a lot there's there's a few teacups in my mother's house <laughs> yeah I have some like um after my grandmother passed away uh, a few years back my dad found a gift for me in her you know in her gift room because you know all grandmothers have a gift room <laughs> and um and it was uh written out to me and it was this set of mismatched teacups and it was like the most wonderful um gift I could have ever received uh, I was very early in starting out what these old things and it was so it's it's very sentimental to me mm-hmm. and again I probably will never um be able to let it go but I have it on display with the card and and that means a lot to me but otherwise yeah, I just, um, I do know a lot of people who have collections and I've seen some people make candles with them and use them for succulents, yeah. but you can only go, that can only go so far. There's a lot yeah. in this world. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a few things. I've seen the candles and, and using them for plants and so on. Um, I can't keep plants alive very long, so I'm not going to mm-hmm. do that. But I've also seen them made, recycled into bird feeders. Yeah. Yeah. In the garden and they can be really pretty that way but Absolutely. I'm not uh, ambitious enough to try that myself <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah and again there's just so there's so many out there like billions but um as long as people keep coming up with those um projects for them I think they'll you know yeah that'll be good yeah I'm sure there's lots of things one of the neat things I saw I just saw it on Facebook I think it was just last night I saw this um, Kitchen Door Catering, local catering company here in Halifax, has just opened a new um, office, yes. I guess it's called, a new kitchen in Dartmouth, yeah. I think. And they had a beautiful antique plate wall. Did you see that? I didn't see it, no. But so I... you should go check out their Facebook or, and their Instagram because about, I'd say about 30 antique plates in this nice swoosh across the wall which oh, that's is a perfect nice. fit for them, right? They're yeah. a company. And it's, I've seen that before. And I think it's a really cool way to keep some of those sentimental things around and display them in a very artsy way. Definitely. I, I know there's a restaurant in downtown Halifax that does have a teacup wall too. I just can't remember which <laughs> one it is. Um, it might be uh, Grafton, east of Grafton. Is that a place? I think um, it is, but I don't eat it a lot. Yeah. Um, anyway, I know there's one in Halifax that that has a teacup wall too. So mm-hmm. there's definitely I love the look of plates and trays on walls. So whenever I'm describing one on my site, I'll usually suggest like if you don't use it, like this would look gorgeous because mm-hmm. it is a great way to to show it off. And just think about I I'm starting to realize how many restaurants do that vintage kind of decor, maybe not with teacups and plates, but mm-hmm. you know, Montana's would have vintage cowboy themed stuff and the old truck and the old car. And um, yep. a lot of restaurants have that vintage stuff around and you're fa- I know I'm fascinated by it when I sit down and I'm looking and reading about pictures and things. Yeah. Um, definitely that's something I love too. So when I would, you know, when I started out too, I almost like would picture things in local restaurants and I've had, um, I've got pieces in a lot of local spots, which is really cool. Um, chives when they re, uh, when they totally renovated, uh, I think it was like a year and a half, two years ago, mm-hmm. um, 
they totally redid their place with all gold mirrors and it looks so gorgeous. I don't know if you've yeah. been in since they did yeah. it, but it's absolutely beautiful. And um, chef Craig Flynn came and bought quite a few of those for me, which was really neat. So I went in with my family and was like, that one's for me and this one and this one. Um, <laughs> and the canteen in Dartmouth um, has used a few pieces from me. And uh, yeah, there's a few spots that have picked up like a few little pieces here and there. So it's really cool to see my own stuff mm -hmm. when I'm, you know, sitting down and like, it's so cool to show off, you yeah. know, like. <laughs> So my friend Kat is watching and she's saying uh, she always cruises Goodwill for, for special teacups and mugs and so on. And she found, she's way out in Alberta and she found one from okay. Osha, which would be kind of cool. Oh, that is neat. She's originally from here. So that would be special. I know I do have a penchant for, or, or uh, yeah, for mugs. I tend to collect mugs. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, everyone has some kind of collection. Um, but you're right, it is always really neat to find um, things from other places, like especially ones that you connect to. My husband was traveling for work. Um, I can't even remember what the city was. It was in southern United States and he found a postcard um, of uh, uh, Prince's Lodge on the Bedford Highway, which is oh, close neat. to where I grew up. Yeah, so he bought that and brought it home for me. It was an antique postcard, and it was just so like so cool that he found it like on the other, you know, yeah, well, not the other side of the world, in another country. Oh. <laughs> yeah, something so specific to me. Yeah, yeah, and uh, whenever we go out to yard sales, because you know we do enjoy going on a hunt and going for a bargain and so on. My husband is a Shriner clown, so we're always on the lookout for clowns. Oh, cool. So they're, you know, that's, that's quite a treasure hunt. Clowns are not super popular. They're not. Well, I would think you'd almost have an easier time finding them because they're left behind maybe, but. Uh, you would think, but no, we don't get a lot. We have, we have quite a little collection here, but. Uh, oh, cool. One of those things that are, that are harder to find, so. Um, Okay, so just so people know, um, a, if they if they have a collection or they have a house or an estate that they're trying to clean out and they get in touch with you, are you mm -hmm. buying things or are you doing it on commission? Yeah, I usually buy straight out. Yeah, okay. I don't do commission. It's just a little too much to organize. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah it's, so. It's a lot of work, but it's important yeah. that people know how it's how it's working. Yeah, too. that's a very common question. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to tell us about these old things before we talk about social media? Um, I just uh, just, you know, check it out. If you like vintage stuff, I have um, I've got like like I said, really eclectic taste. So really different things. And um, and if you come out, if you're in Halifax or Dartmouth, uh, and you come to the refound shop, which is uh, where I sell. It's a group shop and there's six of us who mm -hmm. sell there. Um, there's such a really cool variety from the six different sellers. Um, and you're always going to find something interesting there. So yeah, mm -hmm. just, just give that a little shout out. <laughs> All right. Perfect. So you have, uh, you have some experience as a social media strategist for some other companies. How, how does, how are you using social media to promote these old things? Um, well, I started out by, you know, in the very early days of uh, doing this, I started a Facebook page kind of right away, a business page. And um, 
so that really helped me out, you know, helped me in terms of getting visibility for the page and then, you know, Twitter and Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, um, I mean, I just use my, <laughs> my photography skills and my um, communication skills to try and do different things. I do a lot of video work. Um, uh, yeah, I try and do videos wherever I can, but um, again, it's sometimes harder to use your skills on yourself when you're using them <laughs> with your clients because you put so much focus on client stuff, but I try and um, I try and utilize them as much as I can for my own business. Um, a few weeks ago, I, I went out to Mission Mart, which is a new thrift shop yep. in Halifax. Have you heard of it? Uh-huh. Um, it's awesome. It's uh, so all proceeds from the Mission Mart um, go towards the, uh, oh my gosh. Salt Harbor. Salt Harbor Rescue Mission, thank you. <laughs> and um, it's all 100% volunteer run as well. Mm-hmm. So it's an incredible organization and I've wanted to help bring visibility to them because the more people that support them, the better it is for all of us, the people yeah. who benefit from the rescue mission, but also thrift buyers who like to go into the shop. If you've got more to, you know, if more people are mm-hmm. donating, it's just kind of everybody wins. So um, I've done a couple of videos for them to kind of highlight the process of how, how their stuff works. But I also love taking videos when I go um when I go out on a big buy to show people like, look, you know, look at what I'm looking at right now. I've gone to California to the Long Beach Antique Market a few times and taken videos there. And people just love seeing, I like, I know I would love to see it if somebody posted it. So people just love seeing, um, seeing someone else do the hunting too. Mm-hmm. Do you think, are there differences between antique hunting here and antique hunting in California? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, you find such different stuff. It's like really, really um, night and day. Some stuff you can find is a dime a dozen over there and you'll never find here and vice versa. Mm. Interesting. Uh, yeah. And I got back away from social media. That's oh, yes. <laughs> every time I get talking about the business and it's so interesting. I forget to talk about social media. So you have a Facebook page, you have Instagram as well. Yeah. Um, and Twitter. Yep. So people can find you on on all of those and see the kinds of stuff you have. Do you have an in-person pop-up shop coming up or did that just pass? Um, no, I uh, I mean, I sell at the refund shop, so I don't really yeah. do pop-ups so much. Okay. Um, I, I do I do them occasionally, but I just, uh, you know, having the shop now and I also sell at um, the Dilly Dally Cafe on Quimple Road in Halifax. So it's, I'm kind of, you know, there's, I don't do as much pop-up now. Okay. So on the Facebook page, are you, do you also give people ideas of how to use these things? I try to, um, I try to, like, if I'm putting something in an Instagram post, I'll usually suggest um, a different way to use it. Uh, I I don't go too crazy with (laughs) alternative suggestions, but sometimes um, the way that I'll present something in a photo will give you an idea of how you could use something that you have or or something in your house i use a lot of things as planters but uh i'm like you i kill plants all the time there's if you look through my photos like this one plant and this white planter is in like every single photo of mine because it's the only one that's alive um tell us the truth it's plastic isn't it no but this one (laughs) this one is plastic that one is real um i like to mix so you really can't tell yeah Mm -hmm. I try so hard, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's hard. So where do you have the most success with social media? 
Um, I would say it's really neck and neck between Facebook and Instagram. And by success, um, that doesn't necessarily mean likes or whatever. Um, I get like a lot of people caught up in like, oh, this photo only has like, you know, 30 likes or whatever. Um, but then uh, there have been so many times I've had a photo not perform as well that way, but then I get, but then the item sells. And that right. was the goal of me posting it. So I keep having to remind myself, it's not about how many likes something has, it's about the quality of likes that are coming in. And I know you talk about that all the time, um, but it's, it is hard to, <laughs> like, honestly, just this week I posted a picture yesterday and I think it got like 35 likes. And then my next post had like, you know, 130. So it's really, but I, you know, I don't, anyway, it's hard not to think about things like that, but the whole goal is engagement and getting the, you know, making sure that your audience is um, there for you and not just um, fluff, you know? Yeah. Which is why we don't tell our clients to buy followers, right? Exactly. Exactly. I was actually once somebody insinuated to me that I bought my Instagram followers and like I started my page, you know, five years ago and I have 5,000 followers. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's been a really slow growth. Um, it's, it was very, very hard. I've watched thousands of seminars and put so much time and, and effort into it. And it's still like, in my mind, really slow growth. And I've really struggled with it. And when somebody accused me, I thought, man, I've really made it to think somebody <laughs> thinks I have that many. But also like, why wouldn't I splurge on 10,000 and get the swipe up? Like, <laughs> you can't do anything with 5,000. Um, but yeah, well, they, they probably don't know that. That's true. Yeah. So um, I totally agree. Uh, I've had clients talk about you know, thinking about that before. And I, you know, it's absolutely never a good idea. No. What, um, what are your tips for people who are just getting started out on social media? Maybe they've just started a new business and, and you happen to meet them maybe at leading ladies or somewhere and they say, yeah. well, what do I do? How do I get started? What do you, what do you tell them? Um, well, I would always tell them to check out your page because, um, you just have such valuable information and really like I learned so much from you week after week and when you work like I've been doing this for almost 10 years now and I feel like sometimes I know it all but I am learning something every day um, I would definitely recommend that they follow you and then um, just really come up with a plan as far as just like setting up your branding on your page mm -hmm. um, and then just be consistent, like try and post at least three or four times a week if you can. Daily mm -hmm. is great if you can, but a lot of people don't have, if you, especially if you're not comfortable with it, it takes a while yeah. to get into it. So even just starting out with three times a week, um, keeping it kind of professional, but showing your personality. Um, I find like my page is almost like so, like uh, I get so caught up in like how it looks. Um, and then I worry about what I'm saying on it, but then in my stories, it's like, oh, you know, I, I get really personal in my stories. Mm -hmm. uh, so people want to see behind the scenes, like that's where they can see it. But otherwise my, you know, my feed's going to look pretty. And, uh, I do say kind of ridiculous things in my posts a lot of the time, but you know, it looks, <laughs> looks nice anyway. Yeah. Just come up with kind of a, an idea figure out your strategy and just try and be consistent with it. Don't give up on it because, 
um, the a lot of my sales for my business come from come through both of those channels, Facebook and Instagram. And um, it's an amazing business tool. So and it's a great way to talk to your customers and reach people that that wouldn't otherwise know what you're about. So you said a lot of your sales are coming through Facebook and Instagram. You do have a Twitter account. So are you using Twitter in a different way than you're using those ones? Oh, yes. Twitter, I've like, really, I don't give it as much attention as, as I should. Um, it's, I know, I know that I think I mentioned to you, like when we first started talking, I started out on Twitter. I, I worked for Cow's Ice Cream when I started out in social media. Like, that's what I did. I won awards for like best business on Twitter in Charlottetown like it was so exciting and then as Facebook kind of took over um, I just sort of moved away from it because I found Twitter to be so time consuming to do it properly mm -hmm. that I almost just like walked away from it so I still use it but very sparingly I don't have a lot of conversations on it um, mm -hmm. I tend but I do on the other platforms so I just it can be just overwhelming to put all your focus spread across the three. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. But you Especially also, when you're doing it for clients too, you know, <laughs> yes, but you also have to go where your market is. And if your yeah. market is talking to you, I mean, if people were talking to you constantly and buying stuff from you on Twitter, you'd probably find the energy to go to Twitter. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. A part of it is um, my website is a Shopify site and I have the ability to tag my products and my yeah. photos um, on Facebook and Instagram, and it'll take you right to my mm -hmm. website. And Twitter, I don't believe has that functionality. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, I mean, that's why I'm saying that's where my, you know, that's where my people are right now. I do yeah. definitely have a lot of uh, people that I love following on Twitter. I love reading Twitter. I just don't really interact with it as much as my mm -hmm. business. Yeah, I, I scroll and read a lot of Twitter yeah. stuff. But, yeah, I, I, Twitter is still my favorite, and I mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time on Twitter, uh, a, probably way too much time on Twitter <laughs> days. Yeah, it's a constant companion. Um, I was just going to ask you too. Um, oh, what about Pinterest? Are you using Pinterest because they have yeah. stuff now too? Yeah, so I'm just kind of learning about that. Um, mm -hmm. Last year, I spent like. Oh, I'd say three full days, full work days, pinning everything on my website. Um, so I have a Pinterest page set up. I haven't really been using it, um, but I've been learning more about it lately. So I've just started reading articles about how you can actually link to your shop now and, and sell from it. So that's definitely a tool I'd like to utilize because my stuff tends to be pretty and is uh, would fit well in the pinterest uh realm i think like my my pins that are up there definitely get looked at a lot um but i've got so many new ones since so so but again it's like everything is just a really big project um so i tend to like research first and then slowly chip away at it mm -hmm. any other uh, social media tips you want to share with people oh i don't know um i think uh a lot of things that like I've learned myself is don't be like really hard on yourself. Um, see what other people are doing and what seems to work and, and try lots of different things. Mm -hmm. um, 
I think again, don't don't worry about like the number of likes you're getting. Obviously, the more likes you get, depending on what your ultimate goal is, the better. Like the more followers you have, like maybe the in the end your results will be better. But if your results are like to make a sale or to make a connection and you're getting that with 15 people following you and but they're interacting with you, then that's awesome. So don't worry about the numbers, worry about the quality of people that you're connecting with and make sure that they're the right people that you're connecting with too. Like if you're selling, don't follow all the other sellers. Yes, you should for, to see what's going on in your industry, but um, find out where your customers are and, um, and start interacting with them too. Um, You really have to like break it down and think about who you're interacting with. And I think you have to, it's, I agree, you should follow your competitors. I always tell people to do that. And sometimes mm-hmm. people are uncomfortable with that. Well, I don't want them to know I'm following them. Well, they're following you anyway. Yeah. Sometimes you also have to break free of what the competitors are doing, because maybe all your competitors are over here on Facebook and Instagram, which maybe leaves you a really big opportunity to go into Twitter or Pinterest. Yeah, you're totally so, right. Yeah, you know, don't. Yeah, you shouldn't get caught up in what other people are doing. You should always know what they're doing, yeah. um, but don't don't put yourself in a box as to this mm-hmm. is the way to do it because you can do whatever you want. Like that's kind of the fun thing about social media is you can be as creative as you want with it, and um, it's really easy to get caught up in um, what other people do and think that's the way to do it. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. On that note, I think we'll stop it there because I think we've given okay. great tips and I hope you get a whole pile of calls from people who have really cool stuff to share with you. And Thank you. Full, full, full. Um, Kim has dropped the links here in the comments for what these old things that you can find Bridget when you're ready to clean out your house. And uh, we'll be back next week with um Jessie Harold, who's a local author and uh, coach for women, she'll be talking about her book, the, uh, oh boy, I shouldn't have said it because now I've forgotten the name, <laughs> uh, Body, Body Love Project, Project Body Love, I think was what it was, I just interviewed her, um, so that'll be next Friday while I'm at Social Media Marketing World out in San Diego, we pre-recorded that one for you. Um, And then we'll be back with a few more live ones before summer break. So thank you to Bridget for joining me today. Thanks to everybody who was watching live and lurking and not commenting. And thank you to everybody who's catching this later on the podcast. I'd love to have you come join me on a Friday afternoon at 1.30 on the Twerp Communications Facebook page and interact with us here and share some stories. So thank you, everybody. Have a great day and stay social. Thank you. Thanks for listening this week. You can catch the Halablab live every Friday at 1.30 p.m. Atlantic, 12.30 p.m. Eastern on the Twerp Communications Facebook page or catch the replay on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. You can go to twerp.ca for links to everything we mentioned in this episode. And while you're there, you'll probably want to grab one of the freebies available to help small businesses manage their own social media marketing. If you run a small business in the Halifax area and you'd like to be featured on Halablab, we would love to hear from you. Drop us a line at info at twerp.ca. That's info at twirp.ca. Talk to you next week.